Mulestein in the shotgun left. Alonalua is now going to go out left side. Here's the snap and a throw midfield. It's going to be intercepted. It's intercepted by Hawkins for the Bears. Unbelievable. And there's going to be a pro set formation. Now Malik McMorris is going to step up to the line. So shotgun left. Brown Jr. is the tailback now at the left hip of Garbers, who's going to take the long snap. Drops back into the pocket. Throws deep left side. It's going to be caught by Kenavainoa at the two-yard line. Out of the shotgun is Garbers. Hands it off. And actually, it's a play. Quarterback keep. And Garbers gets into the end zone. Touchdown, California from four yards out. Welcome in to 2019 and Bear Talk here on 90.7 FM, KALX Berkeley, and your Cal Sports Radio Network. Sam Wiseman with you here tonight as we get set for the very first Bear Talk of the new year. Thanks for joining us here on CalX Berkeley University and listener-supported radio. It's great to have you with us here on this Wednesday evening from Berkeley, California, as we have quite a bit to get to tonight. Cal football's season wrapping up, but the conference seasons for Cal men's and women's basketball just getting started tomorrow and Friday. We'll have that action for you right here on CalX. We'll get to that in just a moment, but I think the first thing we have to talk about is that Cal football season and the Cheez-It Bowl. As uh, as we all weep here in studio, the Cheez-It Bowl, absolutely, absolutely a disaster as far as the football went. It was at the time the third highest attended bowl of the 17 bowls that had taken place to that point. Of course, the New Year's Six Bowls eclipsing that attendance mark, but 33,183, I think, the mark was. So pretty good attendance for this Cal fan base. Cal and TCU dueling it out as Cal goes down in overtime 10-7 to TCU despite leading 7-0 at the half. Nine combined interceptions are not only a cheese it bowl record, but the four interceptions for Cal in a bowl game set a school record. It's the most interceptions Cal has had in the game, has had an A game this decade. And boy, that game was record-setting in all kinds of ways. First time Cal has been to the Cheez-It Bowl under its current name. Cal had been there before, but just a really tough way to go out for all the seniors on this Cal team. Cheez-It Bowl, a three-point loss with Cal a couple of chances to seal it going into that fourth and not really final quarter. It was a great show on defense almost a tank on offense, and while we expected it to be a defensive battle, the nine interceptions, six alone in the first half, that alone was the cheez Bowl record, the six in the first half. Nine interceptions in one game, just ridiculous. And not only that, not only was it uh, terrible t- to watch from a, a football perspective, it was so terrible to watch that it was, for a time, the number one trending topic in the country. So, you think your football game that you went to was bad. At least it wasn't number one trending in the country on Twitter. It was the worst football game anyone has ever, ever seen. With that said, although it is the uh, a tough loss for Cal, it is, you know, the first bowl game under Coach Wilcox. It's a pretty good showing as far as that goes. 10-7, not the worst loss. Could have been a lot worse with how poorly the offense was playing. Both Chase Forrest and Chase Garbers with two picks at Chase Field in Arizona. And oh boy, I think we we see now why Chase Forrest was not the starting quarterback for California. And uh, 
I, I think that has to be my, my bad here. I, I've been behind Chase Forrest all the way. I see now the error of my ways. Nice that he got to play some meaningful snaps, Chase Forrest. As he was facing for a time Grayson Muelstein, who coming into this season were the only two fifth-year seniors in the FBS to have not started a game while staying at their school for all five years. Great story for Chase Forrest, but those two interceptions, second one really hurt California. Chase Garber is no better with an interception in the end zone early in that game. Chase Garber's with two interceptions ends up with a passer rating of just 727 Garber's final line, he started the game. He went 12 for 19 with 93 yards, three interceptions, and no touchdowns. That's right, it was three interceptions. How am I forgetting that last one? Three interceptions for Chase Garber's, two for Chase Forrest. Combined, the Cal quarterbacks went 17 for 33 with five picks, no touchdowns, and just 164 yards. But you compare that to TCU, Cal lost to a team with just 28 yards in the air. 28 yards. Grayson Muelstein threw for 27 yards on seven completions. That's difficult to do. He also threw four interceptions and no touchdowns. His passer rating was insane 6.3, although we can skip over the the woes in in TCU's game for now. Justin Rogers, who at the beginning of the season was a fourth-string quarterback, had to come into the game for Grayson Muelstein after those four interceptions. Even Jordan Kanashik, who does not have the best hands, got his first interception in that ball game. On the ground, it wasn't too good for the Bears either. Pat Laird only had 29 yards. He needed 64 to rush for 1,000. So that was rough. But it was Ona, Ono 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 Ilua, rather. Siwa Ono Ilua, who was taking those snaps in the Wildcat at 194 yards rushing for TCU. That really doomed the Bears. You, you allow someone to rush for 194 yards, a touchdown, and a 33-yard run did Ono Ilua. That is no good as far as the front seven go for California. Chris Brown ended up with 57 yards, but... Just a lackluster offensive performance all around. On the defensive side, though, talked about Kanashik getting his first interception. Kanashik and Weaver tied for first on the team with 14 tackles. That's pretty good. As Cal once again proved that they are very good at defense and not good at all at playing offense. Kind of like what we saw last year. Last year the team was, was, you could either have a really good first half or a really, really good second half. Here it's either you end up with a really good offensive showing or a really good defensive showing, and there's just nothing in between except for, well, not really except for, except for anything. The, the only real good wins that Cal has had, other than the gimmies like against Oregon State, have been when the other team's offense is also just not working at all. Like in the, look at a Washington game. Speaking of Washington, they did not have a, a, a good time on New Year's Day in the Rose Bowl. But we'll get to that as well later. We have a whole uh, look up at the Pac-12 bowl record as we move forward. They went 3-4 and four this year, but once again, the Cheez-It Bowl. Cal wraps up their season with a 10-7 loss in overtime as TCU was able to seal it on a kick. They could have won at the, end of reg- uh, at the end of regulation too, but Gary Patterson for some reason decided to psych out his own kicker by yelling at him, putting the first-string kicker on the sideline and putting in the second-string kicker who then shanked the field goal to the left, and Cal ended up pushing the game into overtime, but 10-7, the final score is TCU. It's almost able to have a pick six in overtime. They did not, but they had the ball next, and they put the field goal up and through with their original field goal kicker. So, 
Tough for California. Both teams end with a 7-6 and six record. It is Cal's best record since the 2015 season when they ended at 8-5. and five. And I think good things to come for this football program under Justin Wilcox, who now with this five-year extension is looking to be here until 2024. I don't know. Next year, we talked at the beginning of this year about how this year could be, you know, Coach Wilcox, his year could be getting his mojo in the second year, and he certainly did on the defensive side of things. Tim DeRuiter interviewing for a couple head coaching positions already, but I don't think he's leaving. On the offensive side, not so much. He has another couple of years to get this going with his own set of recruits. Had a couple of guys graduating this year who were kind of holdovers from the last recruiting uh, generation as far as Alex Funches goes, Kanashik leaving as well, although he really fit in well to this 3-4 defense. But Alex Funches is going to be gone from the defense, uh, and so is Kanashik. Those are going to be the only two guys gone from the defense this coming year. So that's 9 out of 11 starters returning for this great California unit that ended up for a time after that bowl game, first in the country in interceptions with 20 interceptions this year, which is kind of crazy. When you think about it, 20 interceptions, is that coming from a team that two years before that was absolutely t- terrible on defense? They gave up 36 points to Air Force in that Armed Forces Bowl. So good things on the defensive side. On the offensive side, Cal started out okay, tanked immediately, got back up on their feet, and then just completely dive-bombed the rest of the season as far as the offense goes. That UCLA game, I think, was really the, the harbinger of things to come, 37-7 to losses. Although the defense wasn't great against the RPO, it, on offense was kind of a bloodbath. But next year on offense, as far as returners, have a, a couple of important transfers. Biagio Ali Walsh and Ross Bowers are out. Chase Garbers is in, and so is Devon Modster as far as recruiting goes. Devon Modster and Chase Garbers are probably going to be the top two competitors for that quarterback spot. There's another freshman quarterback out of Arizona coming in in that unusually strong Arizona recruiting class, but Modster and Garbers will be the two names heading in to the 2019 season. And in spring ball, which is actually just about six weeks away, the start of spring ball, so how about that? It continues, as always, the year-round cycle of Cal football. As far as running backs go, of course, Ollie Walsh is transferring out. Patrick Laird is graduating. It's going to be Chris Brown most of the way. Marcel Dancy was injured for part of the season, but he's definitely coming back at least mostly healthy. He wasn't at 100% at the end of this year, although he did play a few snaps in those last, I think, three or four games. The biggest problem on offense for this team next year is going to be the wide receiver position. It is ridiculous how thin this team is at wide receiver. And to be fair, they did put a lot of emphasis on that in their recruiting class. Some guys out of JUCO coming into this 2019 season. But it's just not going to be, I don't think, enough as far as their wide receiver position goes. Jordan Duncan was injured for a lot of this year. So was Kanavainoa. Kanavainoa is going to be back next year. Last year he was fantastic in the few games we did see him in but really he still has yet to reach his full potential but those two guys are are really the core they really have been the core this year of the Cal wide receiving core Uh, but 
this coming year, not going to be that much returning talent, and it's going to be rough, even though they have all that talent coming in immediately at the wide receiver position as far as their recruiting class goes. So that's going to be the challenge for Cal football as they go into this next season here on the 2019 edition of Bear Talk. Thanks again for joining us. Sam Wiseman with you on this Wednesday evening from Berkeley, California on KALX Berkeley. Bear Talk every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Pacific time as we wrap up this Cal football season. No doubt there will be a couple of storylines emerging from the end of the season as we go forth into January and into spring ball. We'll have all that covered for you right here on Bear Talk every week. But in the meantime, as football winds down, a rough season for the Cal Golden Bears, rough season end, good season overall, as Wilcox ends up with five wins in his first year and seven wins in his second year as well as a bowl game appearance, although a loss. In the meantime, it is basketball season, as that is the crux of what I want to get to today, basketball conference openers. This Thursday and Friday, both against Southern California schools for these Northern California teams, Stanford and Cal will go down and come up respectively for the men's and women's teams to the to rather Southern California. The men's team will open against SC at 7 p.m. tomorrow night as that game will not be covered here on CalX Berkeley. The women's conference opener, however, will take place against the UCLA Bruins this Friday, January 4th at 7 o'clock Pacific. You can catch that game right here on 90.7 FM KALX Berkeley, your only source for Cal women's basketball. 7 p.m. Pacific, our coverage starts at 6.45 Pacific time. UCLA Bruins, Jesse O and myself will be with you all night long. Meanwhile, on the men's side of things, of course, the SC game taking place. That one is, to be honest, probably going to be not the best watch as at the Galen Center, that game will be covered on the other station. UCLA will then face California on the men's side of things this Saturday, January 5th at 1 o'clock Pacific time. Cal will then host on the men's side the Arizona teams, Arizona State and then Arizona, all that coming up this next week, and in fact, one week from today, Arizona State comes to town at Haas Pavilion at 6 p.m. Pacific. Let's take a look back. We haven't had too much time to talk about men's and women's basketball with the bowl game in the way, but it's been a big week or two of development despite the holiday breaks for Christmas and the New Year. Both teams have been up and down as the Cal women's squad a couple of weeks ago Lost by 10 to UConn, 76-66. We had that game for you here on Calix just about 10 days ago now, it was. We did not get a chance to break that game down here on Bear Talk. Cal then went ahead and lost 85-79 to Harvard, a game that was really one or two points difference between Harvard. A Harvard squad that really wasn't that bad coming into this game. That's what we've been saying. Their record was 6-6, six and six, but they'd been playing some tough competition. They faced Notre Dame, the number 2 overall team, but Cal with back-to-back losses closes out their non-conference season. They had won nine in a row to get started. Christina Nigue, through all 11 games, has had a double-double. In fact, against Harvard, 14 rebounds and 12 points even in that loss, and Nigue playing 39 minutes had just those 12 points. That Harvard loss was, again, not a great shooting performance for this Cal women's team. Perhaps a 
little bit of a, an issue with a four-day holiday break coming off that UConn loss. Cal played UConn pretty close, number one overall team. The top 25 matchup, number one versus number 13, and Cal ended up pretty much within six points at the end of the ball game. A lot hinged on a couple of shots late, and that's really all Cal could ask for, but that Harvard game, Cal going to need to step up their performance heading into conference play. Let's take a look at that Harvard game. Of course, Christina Nigue with the double-double. Kiana Smith led the squad for California with 15 points. Mackenzie Forbes with 22 points, rather, led the team as Smith was second with 15. Forbes with a career-high 22 points as a Cal Golden Bear, the true freshman, as California was outshot by Harvard 53% to 41%. The real tale, though, comes in the offensive rebounds where Cal out-rebounded Harvard 23-4. to 23-4 to the offensive rebounding margin, and Cal still not able to pull out the win, losing by six to Harvard. From beyond the arc, Harvard made 13 threes on a 54% shooting percentage from three. Cal made 11 threes as well as the game was played, for the most part, around the perimeter. Cal ended up, at the end of that ball game making just two of their last 11 shots and that was really what doomed them. They actually took the lead for a short time. Cal had a lead of five at one point with seven minutes and 33 seconds left in the fourth quarter, coming back on a 15-point Harvard advantage. But California down to Harvard 85-79 in the Battle of the Brains earlier last week. So those two losses for California women's basketball heading into the conference opener on Friday, January 4th, right here at Haas Pavilion and right here on 90.7 FM KALX Berkeley. We hope that you will join us as UCLA with a couple of great players this year, actually, showing up pretty well as Cal will look to Christina Nigue and, who knows, maybe Mackenzie Forbes to lead the way against the unranked UCLA team. Cal still ranked number 18 in the country by the Associated Press. They've dropped four spots, rather five spots, in the rankings with those back-to-back losses. They are no longer one of the few undefeated teams remaining in college women's basketball, but they will look to get back on the right side of the win column and improve to 10-2 against the 8-5 Bruins. With that, let's take a look at Cal men's basketball. California played San Jose State and Seattle University over the past couple of weeks, just before and just after Christmas, heading into conference play, which will begin this Thursday, tomorrow at 7 p.m. at the Galen Center in Southern California against USC. Let's take a look back at those two games for the Cal men's team, though, and talk about the women's team dropping two in a row. The men's team, not the greatest performance either, as... They drop 82-73 to to Seattle University to give themselves back-to-back losing non-conference seasons for the first time since the 1964-65 and the 65-66 seasons. And that, my friends, actually dates back to the founding of this station. So the last time California had back-to-back losing non-conference seasons 
was the year, or rather just the year before Calex was founded. So how about that? 82-73, to 73, the loss to Seattle University is... Although Darius McNeil ended up with 19 points and Paris Austin ended up with 20, Cal shot 40.7% from the field. Cal was out-rebounded by Seattle. They didn't have the free throw percentage. They were only shooting 80% from the line. They were just 5 for 14 from the three-point range, and it just wasn't enough to get it done against Seattle University, who really controlled the game from the opening tip. I was there. I watched that game. It was not covered on Calix, but it was just the atmosphere in there was not great. It was a pretty good crowd for a game in between the holidays, but just an absolute... Uh, 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 it's, it's hard to think about. 18 points was the lead. It was 21-4 to four after just eight minutes of play. The lead went out to 18 points with just seven minutes and 30 seconds left to go in the first half. And that really was all that Seattle University needed. Cal really dug themselves into a big hole there, and that's what Viking Jones said after the game. Can't dig themselves into such a big hole as California goes down by nine points to Seattle University. It is actually the worst non-conference record for California since the 2003 season when Cal was in the Pac-10. You know, in, in the 1964 uh, to 66 era, when it was the last time Cal back-to-back non-conference losing seasons, Cal the the Pac-12, the Pac-8 wasn't even a thing yet. The the Cal team was part of an entirely different athletic conference, just with the Southern California and Pacific Northwest schools, Oregon and Washington, as well as SC and UCLA. And so Cal, dipping to new lows as far as the men's basketball program is concerned, really rough as far as the non-conference season goes. They do have five wins. I think the line preseason on total number of wins was eight. And that is looking more and more likely as we head into Pac-12 conference play beginning tomorrow at 7 p.m. So Cal struggling mightily on the men's side of things. Once again, 5-7 and seven on the year. They'll look for their sixth win. They will play SC down in Southern California. That's going to be a tough challenge for the Cal Golden Bears, but we'll see if they have the energy and tenacity to keep fighting through what has been a rough season and what looks to be a rough couple of years for this Cal Golden Bears team. With that, let's take a step back from Cal Athletics, and we'll take a look at what's going on in the Bay Area this coming week. Huge week this week for college football. Had the New Year's Six yesterday, and this coming Monday, January 7th at Levi's Stadium, it'll be the national championship game. And it's, it's the, the, the price of tickets for the national championship game, actually. It's Alabama versus Clemson, number one versus number two seed. Third time in the last four years these two teams are meeting, but... They're holding the championship, the championship game at Levi's Stadium, and the ticket prices have been plummeting. Absolutely, just I think the the beginning of business today, the the price was I think two hundred and seventy five dollars to get in the door uh, for a seat at the national championship game on on Monday. But as of last check, uh, I saw a ticket for a hundred and nine dollars and available on uh, on StubHub. So. Either people are not buying or someone is is really flooding the market right about now as the price of tickets go down. And really the Bay Area, I mean, 
the college sports fans that do live up here, very very focused bunch of college sports fans. There, there really isn't too much of a, of a wide fan base for college sports, I don't think, especially down in the peninsula. Just look at Stanford football, home games, look at their attendance. Cal attendance actually doing really well this year, but just the amount of interest in the national championship game looking to be trending down in the Bay Area this year. It's going to be a fun day. I've heard they're going to set up some... Uh, Some exhibits on the Embarcadero uh, in San Francisco to uh, not commemorate, but preview the championship game earlier that day. It'll be uh, an early evening game here on the West Coast, so it'll be an East Coast primetime. Alabama versus Clemson, and although those two schools do travel well, it is a bit much to ask them to travel. I'm not sure... What would be a further place to ask Alabama and Clemson fans uh, to travel to? You, I mean, you just look at the the Sugar Bowl yesterday. Absolutely, absolutely packed to the roof was the uh, uh, Superdome. So, the national championship game this coming Monday: Alabama versus Clemson. Alabama currently a six and a half point favorite. The over under is I think at a fifty nine and a half. Although that seems a little. Low to me. A couple of high-powered offenses. Clemson with a better defense, but their strength of schedule this year has just not been what it needs to be uh, in order to really contend with Clemson. They are, or really contend with Alabama, rather. They are undefeated, but Alabama just the edge in so many ways. Clemson did get the jump on Notre Dame, and to everyone who's talking about how this is some major this game the is showcasing some major issues with the uh, college football playoff and Notre Dame uh, in particular the the Cotton Bowl score 30 to 3 Clemson over Notre Dame uh, last Saturday but that game was cl- Notre Dame was in that game until two defensive backs got injured and went out of the game they weren't down that bad at halftime they just had to they had to try hard to get back into the game they had to throw the ball for pretty much all of the second half, and that was really what doomed them to losing so poorly. And so, even you even look at at the uh, at the UCF loss the other day, the the win streak ending loss, and that's. Uh, I'm not saying we shouldn't expand the college football playoff. I'm saying that people who are talking about how Notre Dame was hyped up and uh, ranked higher than they should have been all season. Really, really, this game I don't think was indicative of of how good Notre Dame was this year, or even really was in this game. The final score did not tell the story in the Cotton Bowl. Meanwhile, in the Orange Bowl, forty-five to thirty-four, Alabama over Oklahoma, and you know Kyler Murray. I feel like if he if he had won that game, that would have been I don't know. Uh, maybe a, a port, uh, an omen of bad things to come for the Oakland A's. They, they've kind of wisely stayed out of the conversation as far as the football future of Kyler Murray. But, man, if Kyler Murray had won it all, that would have been a, uh, a tough decision for him. But to this point, it looks like he's sticking with the A's. Maybe he'll get up to the majors in time to see that new ballpark, quote-unquote, if it's going to happen. Supposed to get here 
actually real soon, Kyler Murray. He's going to be in Major League Spring Training. Six weeks till pitchers and catchers, people. Six weeks till pitchers and catchers. <laughs> it's the most exciting time of the year. And exactly the time of the year I, I look forward to the most uh, right after Cal loses 10-7 to in a terrible, horrible bowl game, pitchers and catchers. But uh, Kyler Murray... With that uh, Oklahoma loss, going to be with the A's, going to be here soon. That's going to be good. And Oklahoma out of the college football playoff, and Alabama just with a complete dismantling uh, of Oklahoma. My pick for the uh, national championship game, definitely Alabama over Clemson and definitely over that over-under of 59-and-a-half. Alabama probably going to cover the spread of 6-and-a-half as well, against even against that strong Clemson defense. That is our college football playoff national championship game preview here on Bear Talk as we get set to wrap it up in just a couple of minutes here. Stay tuned for QBX coming on right after this here on KALX Berkeley. Bear Talk is now available in podcast form. So if you miss an episode of Bear Talk, you can catch it on the podcast at anchor.fm slash bear talk. That's anchor.fm slash bear talk, anchor.fm slash bear talk. We hope that you will follow us online as you'll also be able to catch some bonus episodes of Bear Talk. We're on the air every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Pacific time as we are on this Wednesday evening, the first Bear Talk of 2019. But if you want to subscribe for bonus content and to hear past episodes of Bear Talk, that's at anchor.fm slash bear talk. We hope that you will join us next week and every week here on the program, 9 p.m. Pacific time. Cal men's basketball starting up their conference season tomorrow in Southern California at 7 p.m. But the next time you'll hear us on CalX Sports will be at 7 p.m. on Friday night from Haas Pavilion where the Cal Golden Bears women's basketball team will host the UCLA Bruins to open their conference season. Cal looking to get back on the horse after back-to-back losses. They are 9-2 and this year. Come on out to Haas Pavilion. Tickets at calbears.com. You can, if you can't catch the game, catch it right here on the air at 90.7 FM KALX Berkeley or on the TuneIn app. Once again, thank you for joining us here tonight on Bear Talk. QBX is next until Friday night. At 7 p.m. Pacific Time, this has been your Cal Sports Radio Network. <laughs>